0: Welcome back to Comeback. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and as you know by now, the podcast delves into the stories and lives of many, many people around Saigon, Vietnam, and around the world, based on entrepreneurship, creative projects, expat life, and much, much more. Today, my guest and I are going to talk about a wide range of topics. It's my guest, Hang, who has been living in Hanoi, now in Saigon, not just for this interview, but for this interview (laughs) as well. And we're going to discuss a wide range of topics, including her work, content creation, and much more. Welcome, Hang, how are you?
1: Yeah, thank you, Corner. Thank you for having me today. It's such a pleasure for me. will be like, I mean, like, I am working as a host of a talk show, but this is my first time being on a talk show as a guest. Mm. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm
0: quite glad we already have some common ground that we're both hosts of some sort. Yeah. And I, I find it an interesting job where it looks so easy. If you've ever grown up watching, say, TV <laughs> presenters, they look so natural. Yeah. It looks so fluid. And I thought, I could do that mm-hmm. until I did my first ever podcast. And I thought, this isn't. <laughs> People make this how, sound um, I know, I look I better than it is. Yes. What was it like for you, you know, um, getting into hosting? Do you mind talking to me about, I suppose, your initial introduction?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Fung, uh, I'm Hang Fung, that's what everyone call me. Uh, I'm 24 years old and I am currently living in Hanoi. Um, so I started out as a fashion stylist assistant, like about like Three years ago, when I, um, four years ago, when I first moved to Saigon, and that what that was what I wanted to learn about. But after like a while, I just found out that it doesn't like suit me. So I and like all, at the same time, the COVID hit. So I got back to um, Hanoi, and ever since I traveled back uh, and forth to Saigon, and uh, around like over a year ago, I accidentally got like the chance um, to work at the VTV cab which the headquarters based in Hanoi uh, is like the Vietnamese cable so ever since I have been working as a news anchor a um, reporter occasionally uh, but mainly uh, host of a talk show and uh, our channel is, uh, is about sport and uh, besides uh, I'm also like a talent manager for a few like DJs and one basketball player who is playing at the VBA and uh, a few other side jobs, but yeah, that's a bit like probably things, so yes. Excellent, yeah.
0: There's quite a variety. And we've spoken before, both on the phone, and yeah. I've also like studied your profile mm-hmm. just to see like the range of things you do, yeah. and I do find it interesting the I suppose personality traits that you need to have in order to take part in these roles. Because when we think of, say, hosts, Mm -hmm. I used to think of this gregarious Mm -hmm. extrovert who would make everyone laugh and (laughs) scream, and be like life and soul, but I've seen people in the opposite realm do it really effectively. What do you think is needed to be good at your job in terms of hosting, in terms of being in that world, and how would you describe yourself personally?
1: Oh wow, that question is a lot of (laughs) things. Um, So uh, in my perspective, and also like in, my, uh, in the way I've done the research, I've seen, I've learned a lot uh, from different hosts and uh, also in different interviews in different styles. And I can tell like they're all different. You know, like when you ask about like how, should, how can I do or how can I learn to be a host? I actually cannot tell how because there is no formula for this, right? Um, as a host, uh, the way they chose you it just based totally on your personality and also the way that like your attitude uh, the way it shows um, so basically yeah there's no formula for this uh, for me um, I honestly don't know how to describe myself because um, I think like about the uh, how can you say like I'm like half introvert and half extrovert so Undivered yeah exactly yeah. there's a word exactly that one um, but like on the social media like you t- you, told, you told me that you have done the research on me right but honestly that wasn't everything that i that could, could show because i don't really show everything I, I don't expose my life on the social media that much um, but uh, being a host is a quite fun job because you get to see uh, and meet a lot of people and that's how i form myself my personality through all the conversations that i have had Uh, for the past uh, few years, and also mainly professionally now from all the leaders, all the CEO, all the uh, coaches, and all the athlete and players that I have met. They form my personality.
0: Mm, I like that because we are all, to a degree, Mm. shaped by those we surround ourselves with Mm, or come into contact with. And in the job you do, and also myself with the podcasting, you come across so many different people from, let's say, CEOs to athletes to musicians. All have different personalities that yeah. you can then take and like apply in your own life.
1: And the fun thing is, you know, even when they are like CEO or like whoever uh, in sport, but they have like their personality are different, uh, are so different as well. You know, like when you think about sport, you think about something really mm, like dry people only knows about sport, but actually they are really um, like diverse. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah i definitely think so and i think it it shows the the value of let's say persona where i don't want to i i used to say think that if someone said persona mm. it meant being fake mm. but i think it is important to have certain personas for certain in fields as in i think you are different at work than you can be in your personal oh life. yes
1: for sure and that's sure. what i can tell like really uh, Clear uh, like uh, throughout like the time I work with them, because let 's say you know when I have an interview with them, right, they seem to be really serious, yeah, and of course professional, but at the same time like uh behind the scene they are like as interesting as anyone else and especially when you know there's like a not like session but uh, I always try to take care of my guests' best by you know after the talk uh, I, I take them out uh, and like treat them and like say like thank you for the time they have spent and actually that is when I found out who they are Do you know what I mean so yes uh, about what you see on the screen uh, in the interview I have to say that it's just a part a really small part of them you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I'm, I'm the same where when I do an interview with someone, I think it's this rare hour that I have with them, but I know there are so many different layers to that person. Oh yes. Like this is the first time we've met and I know that the conversation we have that will only touch the exactly. surface. There's exactly. so many more things. Yeah. But I almost think as a, an interviewer, it's tricky to go to understand which avenue to go down. As in, we could talk about work, we could talk about spirituality, religion, whatever certain <laughs> part of that person there is. Yes. And it's always tricky working out which part to focus on. Oh, yes. As a host, which, how how do you, I suppose, navigate that of thinking, right, I'm interviewing X, let me take him or her down this route. How do you manage to do that?
1: So it depends a lot on um, the topic that was appointed to speak about so so that i'm saying like uh we we work for like a sport channel so of course like uh like 30 like the talk lasts for like 30 minutes and around like 20 minutes it has to focus on the profession about the field that they are working on Um, and 10 minutes left they uh i try to um like talk more about their personal life about um yeah just anything that personal but uh, yeah, mainly about
0: the profession. Right, I see. And I think with this, a really important aspect has to be the research and doing your due oh, yeah. diligence of what the person is, uh, what they stand for, who they are. How
1: they started it. How
0: they started, yeah, yes. and really going into that because otherwise you can come up really unstuck. And I've learned this the hard way. Yeah, exactly. When you're unprepared <laughs> and you're in the, in the arena, you yes. think,
1: oh, I, I could have done better here. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: From all the people you've met, you mentioned that you've picked up a bit from a lot of different people. Mm. Do you mind I know this is quite broad, but some lessons or some things that guests have taught you about yourself, as in you 've met somebody who 's taught you the importance of let's say timekeeping mm-hmm. or networking or respect for others or oh. anything these are just examples that mm. I have personally learned yes. from. Are there any that spring out to you
1: um, so the fun thing is you know during when i I was out working as a host i don't I don't. Um, I'm like. I'm not being like allowed it to bring my 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 personal self into the talk. Everything has to focus on the guests. So the fun thing is, you know, after the talk, we get to spend some good time uh, and have like some really quality conversation between friends. You know, as friends, and um, a lot of a lot of guests of mine, they actually are really wise in the ter- in term of you know. Yeah, some of them are like a lot older than me, so. And I've just started this uh, working as a host and in this uh, media industry for like over a year. So of course I still have a lot of things to learn, and at the same time I am still um, discovering who I am. Uh, so that's why you know the thing that I learn a lot from them is the way they show me who I really am. Uh, so uh, uh, some people said that oh I should promote myself more as a host, which I'm doing right now. But some other people said that I should work more in other industry as well, not just in sport. Uh, some others tell me to uh, promote myself as an MC which I don't really like (laughs) Um, uh, but yes uh, I learn a lot uh, by the way they they, they, they guide me
0: absolutely and I think what's important here is to talk about labels and sometimes resisting them like what we spoke about earlier was Mm -hmm. there's so many different layers and instead of saying oh I'm a host or I'm an MC you you can be both (laughs) and you can also be all sorts of other things Uh at the same time like I feel like it's it's quite important not to pigeon yourself in just one direction.
1: I don't want to label myself as a certain title. That's what I have to say. Uh, I don't know why, but you know, the, the, the more I grow up, the better I learn that uh, I am actually capable of doing more than I thought. So that's what I'm saying. I'm still discovering myself. I don't want to frame myself in like a certain job that I think I would have to stick with for the rest of my life. Mm. So I am open to all kind of opportunities and all kind of um, challenges as well.
0: Absolutely. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And as we spoke about before recording, we're both in our early slash mid twenties. Exactly. So we're in that perfect <laughs> point of just trying Luckily. things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not an early anymore, but yeah, I'm close. I'm close. Say that. No. <laughs> I'm close. I am interested, though, in the person that you became. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to come from you. Mm. But every guest that sits in front of me has a backstory Mm. with loads of different, let's say, factors and certain fields that have made them become the person they are today. Mm. Do you mind talking to me just a bit about you growing up? As in, the mm. person who sits in front of me today does hosting, you do MCing, you're discovering yourself, you've been in Hanoi, Saigon, yeah. but there's there's a story before that and it's your upbringing, I suppose. Yeah. Do you mind taking me there? Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. Um, so here's the thing, um, I, I also do research a lot, of course, through people accommodations. And one of the things that I ask people about is about their upbringing. When somebody asked me or we were talking about like uh, a story of somebody who is not behaving too uh, nicely. And uh, the first thing I would ask about is about the upbringing of that person. So I know upbringing would affect a lot on somebody else's life and behaviors. Um, But actually, for me, I have to say that, uh, yes, I'm quite like an outgoing and um, easygoing person. Uh, and also talkative. Most of the time people see me as an extrovert. So they think that, you know, the, the way I grew up would be like really Western. Really, uh, like I got to learn in like uh, um, international school or stuff like that. But no, my upbringing was really normal as such a like, traditional Vietnamese kid. And um, yes, uh, I'm, I'm still living with my parents. And uh, fun fact is my dad is really old. Can you guess, like the oldest one you can tell? I'm 24, right? Okay,
0: your dad is old.
1: Yes, but how old do you think? How old would he be? Try. (laughs) Come on.
0: 59.
1: He born me when he was 65 yeah so basically now he is like 89 Jesus. yes (laughs) yes but yeah don't worry he's still really healthy really strong he's driving around yeah and um yeah so that's what i'm saying like my dad is super old my dad is like the grandfather age of my my peer and and that's what people think uh like i was grew up uh in like a pretty much like weird family but luckily my dad is really open-minded he's old but like he let like I, I, I earned his respect, and my mom as well. So now I got to do everything that I want to do. But when I was more like, uh, it was really strict, you know, traditional Vietnamese the right, yeah, appearance, really strict. And um, the 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 place that I live in, like the district that I live in, everyone was, mm, yeah, like how can I say it? Different because in Hanoi there are different region, Um this this sport is not really like. Um, like how can i say like um got a lot of influence from from the new world let's say that sure yes also still in hanoi um so yeah my upbringing was totally normal but um my 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 how can i say my my milestone the biggest milestone of mine was the first time i got the chance to visit saigon when i was like 14 years old Uh, and that's i think that trip changed my life and i don't know why I I was obsessed with Saigon ever since, and I tried to visit Saigon like uh, once every year. Uh, And yeah, about like four years ago, I decided to move here like totally. And before that, there was something happened that I escaped my family to go to Saigon without family's permission. Right. Okay. Yeah, in twenty seventeen, and then I got dragged back, of course. Oh, it was a fun story, but yeah. Uh, but then, you know, uh, about two years later, 2019, my dad and my mom really trusted me and they let me here. But uh, yeah, that, that just happened.
0: No, I see. I, I do want to talk about the Saigon affiliation and why you enjoy it now and why you were drawn to it. <laughs> but I am interested in, let's say, only because I was thinking about this the other day. Uh-huh. My dad had me when he was 35. Now, now I thought that was oh. old, uh, if I'm completely honest with you. <laughs> now, now, now you've just done that, I thought, well. So that's why I'm thinking, like, what was it actually like having a parent that's, say, significantly older than, let's say, the normal? I'm just genuinely curious because I've not really heard about it.
1: Oh, um, do you know what? I was, I was, I grew up, I I grew up, I grew up um, as a kid, you know, when, whenever you go go to school, people, like, joke on you, like, laugh at you because your dad is really old and your mom is, like, younger a lot. My mom is, like, now 55, which is, like, younger than my dad, like, 30 years. And back Mm. in the day, it was, like something not normal, right? So, you know, um, when I was at school, that's what I I lived, like, I was surrounded with, right? So I was in a lot of fights because of that. (laughs) Um, And uh, also, you know, when I was small, I was, I think I was like a rebellious as well. So my dad and mom was a bit like headache about that. But luckily, as I said, um, although they are traditional and sometimes conservative, but, my mom and my dad never used any violent, um like uh discipline. Way, yeah, know. discipline, like really strict one to me. Uh so I was really grateful for that because when I look at my friends family they all, you know, got really bad, like beaten by family because of the low grade or something. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, and but, but now I'm I'm so grateful because my dad is still really healthy and uh, everyone is fine and um they don't like me living far from home, so. but, you know, that's what they, they
0: have to think. Have to deal with, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a tricky one, because all of these things do add up throughout our childhoods, yeah. and there will be moments, I think everyone gets some kind of stick in the schoolyard, mm. and whatever it is. Mine was always, I had a bad haircut, and I, oh, never, really? I never really dealt with that. Oh, but okay. yeah, there's so many other things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing, like, well, I'm interested that you had that, say, traditional upbringing mm. back at home, where a lot of my Vietnamese friends... Speak similarly. It was mm. very conservative and old. Yes. But also, you can have that rebellious streak where you will just get into fights in the mm-hmm. playground. How do you like balance the two? Because they don't seem to correlate.
1: How can I say? Um, like the, the the definition of balance, right? Everyone knows about that. But in order to really apply that into your life, into your like reality, a lot of people say it, it's not real. You know, balance is not real in your in our life and. Um, but I don't, I don't trust that. I think I, I, like because I'm still seeking for balance in my life, uh, although now I, I haven't achieved it yet. Um, but I, there's one thing that I do really believe in. Uh, it's like a philosophy: is that just be yourself. You know, uh, be yourself and be proud that. You know, when, uh, when you be yourself, it 's just like uh, if you like to travel, right? Just travel and. There is like a really good quote that I I, I I saw before. It's like the curiosity about the world create the curiosity about yourself. It's like the more you go, the more you explore, the the more you um, like uh, mingle out there. You know, the better you understand about yourself. And I think that's like the best way to to, to, to keep the balance in your life is never stop sticking yourself mm. because it will get to the point where you are not lost anymore. And I think that's when you can really balance your life in all terms, in all types, like in, in the sense of uh, you know who you are, you know what you want to do, you know that uh, how you can like um, dedicate yourself to whatever, to your passion, to the society, whatever. So I think that's the definition of my balance.
0: Right, I see. To know
1: exactly what is going on in your life. (laughs) Do
0: you think you can ever achieve total balance? Or do you think you'll always be... When I say you, I mean all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think we'll always be in a state of flux in a way?
1: Oh, yeah, sure, all the Mm. time. Because um, I was listening to a podcast, like, all the time. But this one that I really like is, uh, she mentioned about in our life, we always have different, like... um, like a flame Uh, the first uh, the first one would be like family and friends the second one is career and the third one is health right so the balance here is that you think or everyone think the balance would be all frame would be, uh, would be like, all the way like uh, Brighton right but no it doesn't exist right if you work too much and you don't have time to your family and your health is decreasing if you focus too much on your family and friend or relationship then you don't have career so yes you can see that you know it's, com- it's never going to be like the same mm-hmm. and if- just imagine when you get older you have everything but you don't have health right
0: screwed yeah that's the number one and I realized it I think a lot of us did the pandemic when suddenly our health was jeopardized and we thought what without this tectonic plate nothing matters like absolutely nothing so important for gratitude I think when we talk about balance then there always has there always will be something that isn't quite right let's say and so I think to navigate that my personal view is to prioritize what's important to you
1: exactly priority
0: because if the if the thing that is out of balance is say let's say career, but you're genuinely not bothered about career because (laughs) family and friendship is taken care of then sweet then it's cool to have that out of balance but if it's something that's high for you and it's not going well that could cause issues exactly when we talk about prioritization and things that are important to us if i asked you this question what is important to you hang in order to be living your most joyous and prosperous life what would you answer
1: (laughs) um i swear this is um i i got to like have a lot of battles in my head before because of this um for myself uh i gotta say that i am quite ambitious i want to and and a part of myself is like oh i can achieve that in this easy way but i want to do in the other way because that is me that is really me so that's why um i uh right now i prioritize 100% in uh to my career um, and um I, I was a bit struggling when uh, it came to this decision because you know as I told you before you cannot have all flame you know at the same time burning like 100% like one hundred of the power so I got to um, I got to get rid of uh, a few relationship uh, which is like my close friends um, the people that I've known for a while but I cannot see them anymore and some people like blame on me um, because uh, because yes they told me I change you know um, but I don't really explain this for everyone because I, I just feel like if you know me, if you are close enough to me, then you will understand without me explaining, uh, explaining. and uh, the other case is uh, the relationship that I was in before, yes another like really hard decision, uh, but yeah, uh, in, like, in the end of the day, I still feel like, you know, now we are really young and we have health, to dedicate time and effort into what we really want to achieve which is like our success our dream our passion right so the one thing that we would regret in the future is the thing that we don't do not the thing that we have done right so i don't want to think about that in like the next 10 or 20 years when i started out and like wow i missed that i didn't do this i didn't do that So that's when I made the decision where I have to prioritize my career and doing and achieving that by myself. No any shortcut here. So I know that it would take a lot of time and effort, you know, so yeah.
0: Absolutely. No, I I like that because so many times I'll hear stories from, say, acquaintances or people near of, I would do this, but my friend will say this. And I'm like, well what's more important like your friend or your career genuinely what's yeah. more important if it's the friend right go for it but think yeah. about what you really want yeah. and i've known from myself from so let's say cutting people are off to mm-hmm. be a very useful decision when i look how, back how future. do you feel
1: how do you feel when you have to cut somebody off your life um, because you are into something else
0: it was a, a weakness of mine for a while i know a big weakness actually
1: you, you can feel my my voice <laughs> shaking right now because yes i know do you know what like Having somebody in our, our life and you, you consider them as like a an, an really important person, you, you actually uh, turn them into your weakness. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I hate. That's why I try not to, to, to add any weaknesses in my life right now.
0: <laughs> that's know? the way it, it is. It's strange though, because the people who are there, let's say from the age of 16 to 19, yeah. during those years, you cannot imagine say, a future without them. Mm. But now I sit here at 24 and let's say people I had from 16 to 19. I genuinely don't think of them very much now right. I don't mean that in a it's in same a, not me, yeah. in a bad way not in a oh hey, fuck you but just genuinely doesn't yeah. register I but I think maybe that's the same with what might happen next and next but it's quite <laughs> a hard one too
1: it depends because for some people right when you was when you knew them since like school uh, uh since school time yeah. um I think most of them, you hang around them because they were, and you guys were in the same school or like living in the same like area. But you know, like when you get older and you have new friends and the people that you really have the bond with, that's when you realize that, oh, you have new, 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 you are, you're getting closer with people because of the bond, because of the connection, because of the neutrality um, like mm. or anything that you can connect with that people, rather than people that you knew before. Yes, you guys were close, but because, not because you guy was bonding because of like similarity, but because you guys live next to each other.
0: House. It, you know what, this is literally describing my situation, right. because a lot of the people that I was with, it was because I went to school with them exactly. every single day. Yeah. And I used to think, if school wasn't here, how close would we be? We we found out when school ended and suddenly, you know, the bond wasn't there. And it makes me, the importance of knowing who you are and what you want is paramount here. Because if you don't, you could literally just drift with anyone and you don't have anything in common in 30 years' time what the fuck are we doing? That that (laughs) can dawn upon you. It's
1: always scary when you're (laughs) like thirty years old when you didn't know who the hell I am and like, who am I hanging out with? Or like, what am I doing? Why, yes.
0: Exactly. And so I want to ask you then, right now, as we sit here, those who you have around you, what do what do people need to do to be in let's say your inner circle as in what do you what do you expect from them and what should they Didn't expect that. from you that, that's, that did sound wrong actually I mean as in to be in your inner circle I know what you mean. what do you value I should have phrased that differently
1: um, yeah. I, I would say that uh, yes I am really selective when it comes to like getting to know somebody new um, because I uh, I evaluate like the the people uh, because of the way they show themselves not because of right like all the material thing so I try to keep my circle like really like um, small I'm talking about really close friends I know like people from work or uh, hang out but yeah I'm talking about like really close friends because you know you get affected by you, the environment really subconsciously when you don't even know <laughs> just imagine when you was in like a group friend like some people like behavior badly and you just just do the same without knowing that so yes, that's how like we have to be really selective. Uh, but honestly, um, the people that I keep in this like close circle are all like friends that I have like for years. Um, like a, like a few like one or two people from school before, uh, from like really first grade, and a few uh, is that. Um, I knew them since I was I just I, I just graduated high school, which means like when you were still like a teenager, like but like uh between like teenager and adulthood, but that's when like you was fighting who you are really. And those people that you met like partially shape who you are as well, right? You you learn from them. Uh you learn from them and you improve yourself with them. Um, so that's why like for now is like quite a sad thing because i think i i find like you know the the older you get the harder you make friends like genuinely with people because now you know you go out there and you're hustling and people like reach out to you because of something else all the way right and it is it makes sense because you work with them right uh so uh, i think i don't really have like a standard or something here to let people come to me my life i just feel like genuine connection will come uh, when the energy match you know, because energy totally speaks louder than words whatever they, they tell you doesn't make any sense if they don't show that or they don't like proof you that they are genuine with you by the way and you can totally feel that by the way they, they, they behave mm. so yeah just Absolutely. energy match
0: that's no. all when we talk about energy, I'm glad I I didn't really understand the concept until let's say three or four years ago. Mm. I used to, if somebody said to me, how do you know you're getting on with someone? I just say, oh, it just happens. And I still have that, but now I can probably put more of a definition, Yes, exactly. there's some kind of more commonality with the energy, Mm. where it's matching in some sense, and you think, right, we could actually be friends, Mm -hmm. rather than just because we sit next to each other in school, or (laughs) because our mums are best friends, and stuff like that, right? Other than, let's say, banal reasons. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering here about friendship as in, this is what you consider to be a friendship, But I think we all bring different things to the table in terms of our personality. Mm. So we have good traits about us, we have bad traits, which make us a better or worse friend, partner, colleague, et cetera. Can I ask you about your strengths and your weaknesses? Let's say slightly broadly. What are some things that you know you're good at? Uh-huh. What are some things that you could improve on? In
1: the sense of like uh, working?
0: i say working, yeah. And then we'll move on to personal. <laughs> <laughs> Just I think, to but you. I
1: think, yeah, like uh, yeah, like occupation or what you do really defies your strength and your weakness because that's how you make money, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, my, my my strength first, right? So my strength might be... I just find out now is, uh, is the way I communicate with people maybe. So that's why I'm, I'm hosting, right? And doing the new sound thing and uh, like talent manager, where you have to deal with a lot of people, uh, you have to ne- negotiate with them about the prices, about how it works. Um, so yeah, I think uh, human communication would be my, st- uh, my strength. And uh, also I, uh, I think I like a bit of the, this is like my secret <laughs> I don't know how to talk about that but I like movies as well yeah it's just like okay so honestly I've never tried like give it a try in this industry but you know I really trust my intuition and I think you know you should trust your intuition because it's alright, right and uh, my t- intuition told me that I should give it a try in this so I know let's see <laughs> so. and,
0: uh, yeah
1: <laughs> and uh, about my weakness um, I think is my memory. I have a very bad memory, and uh, I don't know. I don't know part of that because I was born and that was my my idea or what, or because I smoke. Yeah, I smoke a bit too. So. I don't know if it's because of the nicotine as well. but mm. I'm trying to, yeah, <laughs> really like improve it a lot.
0: Improve on that, yeah. yeah. Well, funny enough, like if, if I was asked that question, I'd say my strength is my memory. Really? Yeah. yeah you, wow. Usually, usually it is. Wow. But as we know this today, I got can a joke. So right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I messed up today even, so it shows that like your strengths <laughs> and your weaknesses can still like, yeah, yeah correlate. Just depending. So
1: well, you know, like that's where's my weakness. So you know it it, it uh, affects a lot in my work as well right, okay. when you have to memorize the script and that's when I get really confused you know I can I can be like totally myself when I feel comfortable but when you get confused and you get like really like hesitant it really like cut your personal personality off and you become such a like clumsy person in front of the screen and I have a lot of times on in front of the screen like that so yeah
0: mm, I'm sure people listening and I'm sure like people who've been involved in the realm, like yourself and I can speak about the fact that it's not just looking in front of a camera and reading mm-hmm. off a script, there's a lot more to it. Like where you put your eyes, body language, oh, yeah. remembering everything, like we <laughs> yeah. just said. Like what's going through your mind then when you're doing your job, just I suppose more broadly in terms of, are you overthinking everything? Are you trying to make sure everything's perfect? Or are you in a certain, let's say flow state? What's going through your mind?
1: Um, so there is a this thing is that, um, of course, you have to focus, right? But, you know, like the thought is something really powerful because you can stay here, but you can go anywhere. It can go everywhere, all corners in the world. So, you know, some, and I do have problem with focus as well, concentration. That's when, you know, when I was really focusing for like a few minutes. And then something really suddenly came up to my mind. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I have to take note as well. But of course, like professionally, I have to uh, myself like prepare like the script for my talk show, for example. Uh, talk to the guests to discuss about uh, their background, their milestone, their stories to really dig deeper into the talk. Um, uh, and sometimes, uh, no, it's not sometimes. Most of the time, you have to you have to improvise. You know, you have of course like you have all the script out there, but at the same time, you. You know there's one tip also I and mean, I mean I think you can do like really good uh, well at this but there's a tip is that um, it, I think the same with being an actress because that's what I've like done research about uh, is that you know You don't you don't memorize the way you know every single word. you have. Yeah uh, I think the best way is to like uh, remember about like the meaning of the talk or like the uh, the core up the talk, and that's how you can stick with, and you develop all the ideas, all the question uh, to the guests. Yeah, so I think improvise, uh, but also like learn deeply and uh, uh, and the core about
0: the core. Absolutely. No, I think having some kind of knowledge or resonance to the topic will shine through. Oh
1: yeah, knowledge. Exactly.
0: Rather than when you're say, let's say bluffing it and you try to memorize it, like Mm. an exam at school. It's like you're (laughs) going to flunk it eventually, right? But if you have some kind of like genuine enthusiasm for what you're doing, then it's going to go through. Mm. And on that subject of genuine enthusiasm slash motivation, there's got to be some kind of drive for everything we do personally or professionally what's your let's say motivation for your current professional work
1: so uh my motivation huh um i think that oh can, can i ask you this first yeah of course um because since you've been like interviewing a lot of people right so have you got like the the, the not the, the it's like the uh, the answer the motivation answer between people. So what do you think people answer the most about in motivation? What uh, Okay,
0: like the common answer that exactly. comes across. Um, off the top of my head, and I have actually been, let's say, looking a bit more back at my interviews to mm. see common patterns. Yep. One is like sheer enjoyment. Mm. One is genuinely just because I like it. Whether it's their job, whether mm. it's just their hobby, whether mm. they're paid to do it or not. People do things just because they like it. Which yeah. sounds simple, Often we don't do the things we just like because people might <laughs> exactly. judge us, like family and exactly. friends. So realizing that made me made me even do things that I like, even though I'm oh, not yeah. very good at. Seriously, the mm. last year or so, mm-hmm. one of my the best things I've done is are a few things that have given me no rewards. Let's say just oh, the fact that I've yeah, enjoyed them. Yeah, I, I can totally
1: feel you. So there's that
0: one that then just sheer enjoyment, mm. uh, also motivation because they know it can make an impact on other people. Okay. So they know that when they're doing whatever they're doing, let's say their art or their sport, they know they can help other people. Oh. It's a chance for them to grow. It's a chance for them to test themselves in an arena that they weren't confident in before. Yeah. And I can speak from my own experience that if I, if you just said to me that age 17, I'd do a podcast, mm-hmm. I'd say no chance. <laughs> like, seriously, it wasn't on the cards. But now I'm 23. and yeah. do, well, Sorry, When I was 23, I did it. I mm. was nervous for the first one. And then it, now I'm pretty comfortable with it right. so it just kind of goes in mm. the evolution so those three reasons are probably the most common to test yourself mm. to give impact and to just sheerly enjoy it
1: okay okay so basically in my opinion those all come from themselves individually first uh, but uh, for myself and I and I the uh, the reason why I asked you because I think everyone would be the same with me about the the, the motivation in life, mm. what drives them to be this best or to be this good, uh, is uh, is family, yes. And uh, I realize why because I because for me I am like a really simple person. I have to say that um, I actually thought of, <laughs> thought of like going to because you know about like few years ago uh, before the COVID i watch a lot of like uh, videos about mindfulness about meditation about life and about philosophy everything and it it really hits it's it's like it's like it goes to different corners of your soul and your mind and it for sure like like changed you and it changed me too and that's when i just realized that oh we're just such a tiny um creator in this whole university so why we why are we here for like what is the reason like even when i died the world world's still the same nothing nothing changed and you know even like the president someday when they die they pass away in a few and like like uh, maybe a decade ago or like time ago they forget about him as well although he made such a big impact right so why am I here for Um, and that's when I think like oh I can I think like I can just like go to the mountain and live there by myself and because I I, I really hate chaos you know I'm not really good at pressure as well Um, so I really think about like a peaceful life Um, where I don't feel like you know I also hate technology as well so I don't feel like I have to use technology I don't have to go out there and like drive like uh, in like a middle of the city where like like travel uh, sorry like a hectic traffic Mm. jam like 24-7 I don't feel like this is my life should be that way so but you know uh, back to like the the motivation so um, yeah luckily I have like a uh, family a really happy family and uh, especially when I'm like closer to my maternal side and um, you know the difference between my family is that my my paternal side they live uh, most of them in Australia so basically uh, they have like really good life, but my maternal side they're still living in the countryside somewhere in the north Vietnam, and uh, you know they are still not having everything in the world, you know they still have a lot of things to try, uh, the kids still have a lot of things they have to learn about the new world, so basically, you know, I think about my family, and uh, I just feel like. I cannot be irresponsible like this where I only think about my life and I don't try I don't try hard anymore I don't hustle anymore I I, I had a time before where I just like oh I'm gonna just do like normal job living like a normal life uh, and become nobody that's what that's what I had in my mind before but then you know the motivation was the family and I feel like I have a lot to offer and I have a lot of things to do in order to give them a better life and that's when my motivation really come Mm. to change my my maternal side family
0: That's fascinating because some of my Vietnamese guests have said similar Mm. and even people that I've not interviewed who are just friends of mine have said similar That they know that if they go down the normal route, it's great but if they go doing something extra, they can make it Impact Yeah, make an impact Yeah, Yeah. well it does go back to the impact thing It's a generation what I, it struck me with that answer is that you mentioned that you could live in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> not, not particularly fond of chaos or pressure, and yet you're a TV host where there's pressure. You live in Saigon. You sorry, you <laughs> have spent time in Saigon and you yeah. love Saigon, which is like pressure, chaos, <laughs> all know, at once. I yeah. know. I know.
1: I'm 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 actually like going against everything that I have to say. That uh, the definition of my nature. Yeah, so getting out of the comfort zone is something not fun at all. And I, it took me a few years to realize that I have to. Otherwise, living in Hanoi is, of course, boring. I mean, I'd rather live in the mountain, but not Hanoi. Honestly, Hanoi is where I was born and raised, but I never like it there. Um, so, you know, for now, for like a few years, getting out of the comfort zone, doing everything that I don't feel like, uh, that's myself but I'm still myself when I'm doing that because it's like you have you still have to do- donate 100% of your effort and yourself to the job whether you like it or not um, but yeah you're right um, it's just you know how can I say it's just different every time when you decide to do something that you don't like but when you train your mind to do something that you don't like is a lot more powerful and that's when you discover yourself more through Absolutely. every time getting out of the comfort zone.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And it's actually painful being in the comfort zone. Yeah. Because if you'll say, let's say you're still in Hanoi now doing the same job you did when you were 17, 18, that's painful. Oh,
1: 17, 18, I was at school.
0: Oh, sorry, my <laughs> boys. Um, just out of that, let's say. So yeah, before you got into this current realm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'll use my own example. If I was still in Manchester doing what I was doing at 21, uh uh-huh.
1: Oh, what was you doing?
0: Very little. Very what? <laughs> very little. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no. I started kind of. <laughs> I was of,
1: young. Yeah,
0: I was young. I graduated oh. university. I had my exactly. first job in journalism, which was good, but everything was so ordinary mm. around me to the mm. point where I thought, yeah. But I mean, that need... was
1: like this, the right path, just like wrong mm. place.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I'd say so. With wrong it, people, it led me onto the right place. So I'm grateful for oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it's a step out of the comfort zone, mm. which it kind of taught me the. The value of leaving that comfort zone Yes. Yeah.
1: i really appreciate that uh, actually i now i learned how to embrace all the bad experience all the hard time all the uh, bad friends bad people just all the I, I swear like i feel a lot more um like knowledgeable when I get to get through all those like events because, you know, we actually learn a lot more from that uh experience and also like bad friends rather than like a, a pinker life. Mm, right. So absolutely. I really embrace that. It it, it really um like uh grow me
0: yeah yeah, and I can use just two off the cuff examples from this conversation that have parallels one is cutting out friends that weren't serving me uh, in many ways whose values represent the opposite of mine Mm -hmm. once I did that huge beneficial shit happened in life and also leaving my comfort zone of my hometown yeah. moving mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and moving to saigon as well yeah. so those two examples are were difficult moments mm-hmm. there were difficult times leading up to it mm-hmm. but i'm so thankful i did it because of the lessons i learned
1: No, oh, so we have the same circumstance we
0: same yeah exactly but i do want to kind of flip it on you and like zone <laughs> in a bit in terms of your most difficult moments mm-hmm. and what they were and how you came back which is under the show's ethos of comeback so if you don't mind me asking you what are one or two of the really tough moments when things were really bleak that you really had to dig in, get out of the comfort zone and find yourself? What were they and how did you come back?
1: Mm, that's a very good question. And um, uh, I hope that I, I'm, I'm not crying. <laughs> but uh, I think the biggest battle that I have in my life was with my parents. So back in the day... Um, I told you, right, as I told you, my parents are really traditional and conservative, they, they live in the world where, you know, I think everyone knows each other and uh, people work one job at the time and like the nine to five job and uh, they consider that as like a, a, a best option, like a stable life. Um, but of course, like the, the now, I just realized that it's not as stable as they thought. Because now, when everything is like getting expen- expensive more and more, right? A stable a job cannot like afford your life, especially uh, when you live in the city. So back in the day, that's what they wanted me to do. They want me to have like a stable job, and uh, they think that's like a nice kid. So which means I wasn't a nice kid at all. <laughs> yes, uh, when I first graduated high school. Uh, that 's when I was like okay i 'm eighteen now i I just have to live my life and um, the way I want right and they really they was really pissed about that because I was really rebellious I, um, I started going out late I, uh, and when I first graduated, I started working in a bar uh, after like the bar you know just cutting the fruit, <laughs> but that was what I tried to do when I just graduated because I just thought that uh, I just need to work I don't want to go to school I don't want to learn and the second point is that I want to mingle I want to see new places I want to meet new people and that's when I was willing to work in a bar right and about like five six years ago it was like a big thing because it's not really a place for kids you know and I uh, during like about a few months I lied to my dad that I would just saying like, oh dad, can I go out and I go to work for around like um, uh, like four four to five months during that time. And my dad, of course, he didn't buy that, but like he have, he had to leave me, go out. Uh, and the sad thing was he, he actually waited me till I go back home at like 2 a.m. in the morning. He was like staying up the whole night waiting for me home. And, you know, every time I go back home, I, like my body smell all the alcohol and all the like that smell in the bar, right? Mm. So I think they always thought that, you know, I was really going out hard every night. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but um, you know, when I was like 18 years old, I really had the thought that I go to work because of the experience, not because of the money. So I I stopped working in that bar after three months, and I changed into working uh, in another like fashion brand. Basically, my mind, back then, were just learn in different fields and learn from different people about the procedure, about their system, about uh, the way they sell things and yeah, all that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, it got to the point when I where, yeah, oh, yeah, uh, remember the trip that I mentioned before, right? Mm. Um, that was the first time I was in Saigon. So every time I, uh, every year, I tried to save up by, you know, making money to mm. go to Saigon ah, once a year. Right. Yeah, so it took, it took like around three times before I really moved, uh, sorry, not moved, before I really escaped my, my parents to ah. Saigon. Yes, so in 2017, when I made the decision, I sold everything I had. Um, or the camera or the phone even the phone that i was using Wow! yeah and like i got to buy like really like the phone has no big screen Mm, like the normal phone really old only like to call and um yes i bought the ticket a month ago before the flight Uh, i packed everything and i lied and to the day i lied to my mom that mom i um i i I need to go on like a road trip for a few days with like two big luggage (laughs) Of course she didn't see that mm. because I, I, I tried to sneak out a uh, poem at like 5am in the morning uh, so I've, yeah well, when I got to Saigon and I stayed there for like a few weeks uh, no sorry uh, one week my mom called me and she's like oh Hung uh, why are you going on the road trip for so long uh, and I'm like mom I moved to Saigon I want to live here and I want to lo- work in Saigon and my mom was like my mom respected me so she left me but my dad he was really angry about that so a week later yeah at least it gave me another week a week later um mom told me that dad is sick and i was so scared and i went straight back home and yeah he was just sitting there and like you know with the paper newspaper and like reading that and waiting for me right um so yeah i was speaking to him and you know um he 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 doesn't like 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 tiger with me, you know. He was really calm and talked to me and saying that okay, I know that you want to go to Saigon, but you have to wait until you are fully, more, probably mature or mm. ready enough. But so, but the point is, the peak was after that. I was so depressed. Yeah, I was really like in my in in my room and like um, fighting in my head why i cannot do the thing that i want i want to live in saigon although i didn't even know saigon like the way i know about saigon now
0: mm. vividly
1: and diverse and everything i just know about the concept that i want to move out of hanoi going to like another big city and doing everything by myself so you know uh, in that two years from 17 to 19 i uh, i was in like a big depression where i i think i cry every months. Thinking about when I can really finally move out of home, I was craving for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's all paid off now because two years later, I put for my mom and my dad, and they let me to move to Saigon in 2019.
0: It Was a happy ending. Excellent.
1: Oh, uh, it's not really a like happy ending yet. <laughs> yet, yet yeah, yeah, okay. it's a a wish, yeah, yeah. It's a happy beginning.
0: Yeah. Can I ask about that whole let's say episode where you decide to leave and then you leave and then you you, you ring them said hey I'm in Saigon.
1: Oh. Actually, there was a best friend of mine. He he assists me with that. Did he? Yeah, like he with he was he assists me with all the plan, like booking and uh, when I sold the phone, right? I got to have somebody to book the Uber. Back in the day, they were still Uber in Saigon in Uh, Vietnam. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I was calling him when I just landed in the Tan Son Nhat airport and like, okay, tu, can you book me a an Uber to my friend's plane? He's like, okay, let me book for you. And (laughs) then he sent me the phone number of the driver through that phone. And yeah, yeah, big
0: operation. Because <laughs> um, for me, it sounds, um, it sounds like you really wanted to leave. Yes, right? Of course, yes. that shows determination to leave.
1: Up home straight away.
0: Yeah, but then two weeks later, you go back. Do you regret doing that at all? Because it showed you how much you wanted to move to Saigon.
1: But it didn't pay it off? Uh,
0: did it pay off? What would you say? Uh,
1: I got to go back, right? So, you did yeah. go back to Saigon. Or the plan you, failed.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could say the plan <laughs> failed, because two weeks later, you were back. <laughs> yeah. But long-term, did it fail? As in, As we speak now, are you glad that that whole thing happened?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Because... You know, as I told you, I really earned my parents' respect because I I showed them my determination, I wanted to move out and then the whole process is to prove them that I was able to go out there and survive by myself, yeah. Because back in the day, when I first moved to Saigon in two thousand seventeen, I didn't know anyone. Now I am grateful because I have all the the, the, the people that I can help uh, that can help me to know everyone. You don't have to know everyone; you just have to know people who know everyone. You know what I mean? But back in the day, I have nobody, literally. Hmm. Uh, but still, I was I just determined to just move out of home, and yeah, that's what happened.
0: Definitely. And when you do, you have to make connections, whether this be through your work, your personal life, or whatnot and networking is huge, mm. it's from what I've been yes. really exploring the last few months. How do you network yourself, with a or are you, mm. you seem quite comfortable now with it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Is it as a result of like, your job, or are there any other networking <laughs> strategies you have to be more comfortable? So
1: yes, another fun thing is that um, my colleague or some of my friends, they think that I know um, everyone that I know right now through my work, but actually is uh, the opposite. I bring all my friends to my work and I connect everyone through my work. Um, but you know, still, you know, uh, before when I just moved to Saigon when I didn't know anyone, I just started out being like, um, I just like wandering around Saigon um, by uh, like going to different workshops or going to different sports in Saigon. I don't remember much, but I think you know, the key point is the key people you know i was lucky enough to get to know those key people uh, through just like a few friends but those key people you know they let me into different like hangout out and like uh, work opportunity and that's when I really expand my connection so you know the the key point is here to know key people guys you don't have to know <laughs> everyone but just know key people
0: yeah yeah. just keep plugging away and eventually you will find the key people yes, yes. before we come to the final stages where I ask you about your ambitions with your professional and personal goals going forward that's a spoiler of what I'm going to ask you. <laughs> okay. Can you talk to me a bit about, let's say, energy and I suppose your spiritual side because we've alluded to it in the conversation. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That point where you looked at the mountains yeah. and philosophy, <laughs> and we talked about energy, and you did move and you know follow your intuition. Yeah. Can you talk to me more about, let's say, your spiritual outlook and how it guides you?
1: Um, I am not. I have to say that I'm not a religious person. I don't follow any uh, religion. Um. But I just I, like there's only one thing that I I uh, I believe, and that's like my faith, is uh yes uh, energy, and energy here is like something that comes from uh, within anyone and everything. It can come from like this bottle of water, or come from like a tree, or come from yes yourself, right? And that's why I define it as my faith because that's like the only thing that I trust. I don't trust in your words, I don't trust really in your actions sometimes, but I trust in how I feel from you. So yes, that's like the only uh, religion that I have.
0: Mm, I love that can be distilled. I read a quote once and at the time I was 13 and found it extremely cheesy, Mm. but now I think it's really apt. It's um, people will forget what you said and what you did they will never forget how you made you feel yes
1: exactly
0: it, you know, really at the time I thought that's really cringy yeah. now I'm older I think so right? true yeah. so true it, Yeah. you
1: can lie energy you can lie by mm. the way I mean of course you can show that you like somebody or hate somebody but uh, if you don't show that they can still feel that mm. for sure
0: Yeah, and like, you can obviously lie with your words Can lie with your actions. Often they can be misconstrued or ill-conceived, but your energy does not lie. So, (laughs) exactly, I'm glad we've touched upon that. Mm -hmm. Final question, which I have obviously briefed you on: (laughs) what would what would you like to achieve from here? You're still obviously very young, and there's plenty of time left, and you're only a year into this whole realm that you're currently Mm. in. What what 2023 is also on the horizon. So, (laughs) what can we expect from you in 2023?
1: Hmm. In term three, I um, yeah, I do have a few new. Uh, route that I want to give it a try but uh, firstly I will still carry on you know working and being uh, at a host uh, because I think I, I quite fancy this job I get to see a lot of different people in different fields um, I mean uh, in sport but of course they have different style job as well and um, so I'm really grateful uh, and also I want to I mean for now I uh, I also have you know me and my friend, we have like a clothing brand, a merch brand, which with uh, names Um, uh, But you know, this merch brand doesn't really wasn't born to sell clothes um, purely. But we want to create a community. So I do really want to ha- be like a social activist in the future, where I can. That's why I am trying to do my best, standing in front of the camera, which I really hate, uh, so, so that I can really. Um, create my own community by my own personal brand and uh, in the future I want to have a a media company with my friend who is working on Kayo with me Um, but in 2023 probably i I mean I have like a business plan with my partner we want to give it a try in the F&B industry Um, and uh, also I will promote more my talent management where I will try to collab with other friends of mine who do events and promote my talent more. So, yes.
0: Excellent. That's quite a lot going on and I wish you all the very best with it. Thank both you. from... <laughs> Personal and professional points of view. Mm. Keep following the intuition and keep seeing where things go. And I wish you all the very best and hope we can do an interview again for the Down line. Thank yeah. you, Han.
1: Yeah, thank you, Connor, so much for having me today in order for me to express myself. You know, there's like a lot of things that I am speaking to you today that I have never spoken to anyone. So yeah, thank you so much for having me, and uh, yes, all the best.
0: Thank you. <laughs>